That's Tana Hill in his, in his first start, too. You know, I thought it was efficient. I think there's some operation things we're going to have to, you know, continue to clean up. But, again, you know, we, we scored, scored enough points to win a game today. That was Vrabel last night after the game saying, oh, you know, I thought Tannehill was efficient. I'm like, coach, Tannehill was a lot better than efficient. Tannehill threw for 300 yards, and it wasn't like they were throwing every play. They didn't even throw 30 times, and he threw for 300 yards. I mean, I can't even remember the last time Mariota threw for 300 yards, and it wasn't a painful, you have to throw for 300 yards, because if you don't, you know, you're going to be trailing the whole game, so all you have to do is throw. And so there's Tannehill. Even the Eagle game last year where he threw for 300 yards, they were trailing the whole game. They didn't catch up until the very, very end, and then they won the game in overtime. In this game, uh, for the Titans, they weren't trailing for a lot of the game. Tannehill just threw for 300 yards because that's what quarterbacks in the NFL do. And so did yesterday, did Tannehill's performance prove Marcus is never going to get a shot to get this job back Unless Tannehill gets hurt. Well, again, I mean, we don't know. You know, if if he continues to play at this level, yeah, it's going to be hard and doesn't get hurt. Uh, I would say he would finish the year. You know, now can he play at this level or or something approaching this level every week? Uh, I don't know. But if he can, then... You know, I, I would have to guess he's going to keep the job. I mean, there's there was certainly, you know, from a from a total team standpoint, and we even got some special team stuff in there. Now, special teams hurt us a couple of times, but fake punt was yeah, fake punt was three points. I mean, that was a giant play. Um, so, I mean, we, you know, if we can, if he can continue to be productive and you know use the receivers and. And give them all a chance and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, he's that's that'll be enough for us to win some games. Now. From CBS, Ryan Tannehill threw for 312 yards and two touchdowns while completing 79 percent of his passes on Sunday. Marcus Mariota has cleared all of those marks only one time in 61 career starts. I mean, I really don't want to pile on Mariota today, and and you hate it because I think everybody likes Mariota and everybody thinks Mariota's a good guy. But it's hard to not watch yesterday's game and not think that Marcus was the problem. You know, and I was one of the yellers and screamers and shouters saying, hey, Marcus is not the problem. The offensive line was the problem. Or these receivers are the problem. Or this is the problem. Or that is the problem. Or, And yet, you scored 23 points. You haven't scored 20 points all season long, you sc- except for the uh, Cleveland game. You scored 23 points yesterday. And Tannehill converted on third downs. He threw the ball into tight windows. He made Corey Davis and A.J. Brown look like studs. He The running game, I think, benefited from the fact that there was a threat in the passing game. They didn't get sacked a lot. I mean, it's hard to not say after watching one game, it's hard not to have the opinion that Mariota was holding the offense back and that Tannehill is the guy and should be the guy and is the better player of the two. And yet you look at their career stats and they're eerily similar. And that's where I'm having a hard time with this is, I mean, did Marcus regress so much in the last two years that it just now he's gotten so bad that Tannehill, an average quarterback, comes in and makes us all think that instead of, that Tannehill's great because of what it's compared to with Mariota? 
Or did Mariota hit a rough patch? Or was the pressure of it being a contract year and everything else too much for Marcus? And if Marcus were to get back in there, would Marcus be able to have the same kind of success? All those questions are in my mind, and I don't feel like I have any answers to any of them. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's the unfortunate part. And and the hard part, I mean, in, in Marcus Marcus's defense, but it's the same for Daniel. You know, he he's had the first couple of years as a Titan with struggling. You know, I mean, they weren't very good. Now, Tannehill had years in, in Miami when he was young where they weren't very good. So, uh, you know, it's it's hard to tell because both those people, some of those numbers that you're seeing, the good and the bad, you know, were, were not all them. Part of it was the team. Um, that being said, at this point in time, we're talking about, you know, middle October here. I mean, after one game, I mean, there's no doubt that Tannehill, that, that this offense did some things that we haven't done in a while now. What's weird is that contractually speaking, we won't have this situation happen because the there's no guarantee either guy is back next year, but there is somewhat of a guarantee that at least one of the two guys won't be back. And right now it looks like obviously Mariota will not be the one of the two guys that will not be back next year. But this feels very Kerry Collins, Vince Young-ish, right? Vince Young could not complete a pass. Collins goes in there. Young is quote-unquote hurt, but he wasn't. Um, Kerry Collins goes in there, and Collins rips off 10 straight wins to start the 08 season. Then the 09 season starts. Collins is a disaster. They go back to Vince. Vince makes the Pro Bowl. It's like they... You know, I do wonder if that's what we're looking at with Mariota Tannehill, and that is that just like when Kerry Collins would come in for Vince, and then when Vince would come in for Kerry Collins, the other guy would signal would play much better than the guy he was replacing. And I don't know why that happened. You would probably know better than I would because you know both quarterbacks. But it felt like every time, I mean, even Collins started off, I think, 0-5 and 6 got replaced by Young. Vince Young carries them to 8-3 and three the rest of the year. That was your last year with the Titans. Then, in 2008, after Young throws 19 picks the, years be- the year before, uh, Collins gets put in the lineup after- in the first game. Young gets knocked out of the game and booed off the field, and Kerry Collins rips off 10 straight victories. Then the next year, Vince Young comes in and saves the day, and then the next year, they both play quarterback, and finally Vince threw his pad in the stands, and the season was over, and Fisher was gone, and they were gone, and the next thing you know, it's Matt Hasselbeck and Jake Locker. So I'm just wondering, like, are we watching Kerry Collins out there, or are we watching a guy in Ryan Tannehill who, when he was a grown-up quarterback in Miami, was playing with the 20th, 19th, 18th, and 27th best defense in the league, and that if you give Ryan Tannehill a decent defense, that he's actually a good enough quarterback to go out there and carry you to victory. Well, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt, but that I mean, with this team, we never ever doubted the talent level, or at least I did. I mean, of the you, Titans or of the quarterbacks of the Titans. I mean, you always knew the defense was going to, you know, they were going to be effective, and you knew that this young receiver group was talented, and you knew, you know, you, Derrick Henry. You know, you've seen him run. You say, okay. You know, there's enough there that you, if if you can just be effective as a quarterback, then you can, you know, you ought to be able to get something, be productive. 
and uh, and and we couldn't get that part. And and I think if you're a Tannehill, you you're stepping into this. I mean, this is you know other than the record at you know three and four wherever we are, you know other than the record, you you're looking at it and you're thinking, you know what, we can we can win some games here. You know, if I just go out there and just play the way I regularly play, not mess it up, we'll we'll have a shot. Well, Tannehill's agent came out, and uh, I read over the weekend, Tannehill's agent came out and said, Tannehill was looking for a spot he could play the whole time. You know, he wanted to go somewhere where he knew he was going to get to play. And he felt like the Titans were a fit where he could play because he felt like Marcus was probably going to get hurt, or he thought he could beat Marcus out. And he said all the right things and whatnot when it came to Mariota, but he got his opportunity, and he threw for 300-plus yards and two touchdowns, and they won the ball game. Now, they won the ball game, I think, kind of on luck, but at the end of the day, it was the defense making a play, and that goes back to my theory that he probably lost a lot of games in Miami where the defense couldn't make a play like that at the end of a game. So if you give him a good defense, is Tannehill good enough to turn this thing around and get you into the playoffs? And I don't know the answer to that, but I feel a whole lot better about it today than I did on Saturday. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, and and we don't know anything other than one game. And but, one, and I have learned in my life to never get excited about a Titan quarterback after one game. Yeah, but you got. I mean, you just look at that and you think to yourself, okay, you know, can we let's let's continue doing that? See if we can't build on it. We've been saying that for a couple of years, though. Okay, we you know after Cleveland. All right, here we go. That's Cleveland. That's that's us. That's baseline us. Let's improve weekly and get better and see where this thing ends up. And then you, you know, lose four in a row or three in a row or whatever we did. So Floyd you know. says that arm strength is one of the most overrated aspects of a quarterback. But what do we make of the difference in arm strength from what we saw from Tannehill yesterday and what we've seen out of Marcus. We'll get to that. Plus, we have loaded phones. We'll go to those as well. Jared and the GM, 615-737-1025. Titans Monday, live from the Wholesaling Studio, powered by RumbleOn.com. Also, we're giving away a pair of Nashville SC playoff tickets later this hour, so be listening for your chance to uh, win that. Uh, Listen for your chance to win a pair of Nashville SC tickets today for the first round of the USL playoffs. Tickets are available for purchase at NashvilleSC.com. It's Jared and the GM right here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Marcus has been huge throughout this whole process. He was great all week just communicating, um, you know, throughout meetings on the practice field. Uh, It's a tough situation, like I said. You know, I I feel for him. I empathize with him. But he's been a true professional throughout this, this whole process and was totally supportive on the sideline today. You know, talking through things with me and uh, and supporting me when we uh, you know came off the field after touchdowns. So, you know, I can't say enough about Marcus and, and how he's handling this as a professional. And uh, you know, guys still looking to him on this team. You know, he's been here a long time. He's a captain for us. So, you know, he's still a, a big factor on this team. Well said by Ryan Tannehill, the new starting quarterback of the Titans. Although, like I would say. You know, like if Ryan Tannehill, if starting quarterback was in office, I would say, hey, don't put pictures up and stuff like that, Ryan. Like, you know, just you're renting the office for right now. It's not really your office. But one thing about I do wonder, you always say that arm strength is the most overrated aspect of a quarterback, especially when it comes to the draft. Right. I said to you after the Patriot practices that I'd watch Brady throw and he would be zinging the ball. And I'd walk over to the other field and I'd watch Marcus. And I remember using the term Marcus would turn around and throw crap balls. I'm watching Tannehill yesterday zip the ball in there. 
I can't ever remember Marcus zipping the ball in there, except early in his career in the red zone, he could zing it in there with the best of them. But other than that, he's not a zinger. And I wonder how important the velocity of the throws from Tannehill, how much of a difference that that makes and what you noticed in the velocity of his throws. Well, I mean, I don't think – see, I'm not sure how many passes Marcus threw where he needed velocity because he never ever – If the guy wasn't wide open, he wasn't wasn't, going to throw it. And I'm not sure – you know, I look back on it and I think to myself, I wonder if Marcus has a clear picture of what being wide open in the NFL is. Like the difference between college open and pro open? Yeah, I mean – you. And I go back to that to that pass that that touchdown pass that uh, that he threw to uh, Davis. I mean, he's down there in the end zone. There's a guy within arm's reach on both sides of him. But in the NFL, that guy's open, you know. And if you can zip it in there, you zip it. And and Tannehill zipped it in there. I mean, but you also have to have arm strength and you have to have accuracy. That ball was perfectly thrown. I mean, that ball could not, you couldn't have walked out there, handed it to him any prettier than that throw. So, I mean, I think I think having confidence in your accuracy and where you're putting the ball and things like that also helps because it's not going to do you any good to throw it hard if, if you're not sure where it's going. Did Tannehill fix the sack issue yesterday or do we have to look at the Chargers and say, look, man, they had no Brandon Meebane. They had no Melvin Ingram. They had no Justin Jones. Like, let's not get too ahead of ourselves with the sack issue having cleared up yesterday. Well, I think the uh, I think this. I think it lessened from this standpoint, and I'm thinking primarily. We talked about it before the one sack that they got over over Janu, and you're saying to yourself, well, now at least you can look at it and say. Okay, that guy just beat Janu when he was in protection. We cannot do that again. Do not put him out there. He cannot block these guys. And so I think you can look at it and you can say, okay, there's one. It's not like it got to the point, I think, before where it was like a a jailbreak. And there were so many of them and so many different plays and so that you kind of lost track about what was going on. You know, who's really screwing up here? Because it looked like everybody was messing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, Danny Hill hoped from that standpoint. And let's face it now, if you're throwing the ball and throwing it, you're getting it out and you're accurate with it and you're letting the receivers do a bunch of stuff with it rather than um, – you know, thinking thinking to yourself, okay, if we're going to gain forty yards, I got to throw the ball down the field forty yards. No, you don't. You can throw a five yard pass and let the guy run thirty five. We'll take that. I love that. You know, so and and I think we maybe saw yesterday we have some guys that that maybe are pretty good at that. You know, maybe that we didn't really appreciate. You saw what Davis did, and we've seen Brown, even Janu. Janu's long run, that was a fantastic run. Sharp, had a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't much. I mean, he just crawled down along the back of the end zone, but still a touchdown. I mean, it's And again, that was one of those things. He popped wide open. That was, I want to say, a two-man rush, maybe a three-man rush. They had all of these guys in coverage, completely swamping the end zone. 
and he got it back there and just kind of snuck along the the ends and I I was I was impressed that Tannehill picked right up saw and him immediately yeah and put it right on him I mean that was that was easy we haven't seen a lot of those kinds of things you know? I I think the thing Tannehill does with the accuracy but more importantly with the velocity and the confidence that he's throwing the ball with is it makes teams fear that Tannehill's going to beat them deep. And it's because Tannehill can throw deep. And with Mariota, it was always, can Mariota throw deep? Well, he kind of can here, kind of can there, kind of. And, I mean, I know Tannehill could throw deep because I saw Tannehill hit Kenny Stills for a touchdown on Malcolm Butler last year. So I know Tannehill can throw the ball deep, and you know he can throw it hard. And, and this week against Tampa... You know, we'll see if they if he can do it again. Let's go to your phones here on Titans Monday. Eric on Tannehill and Mariota. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, can you hear me, guys? Yes, go. You're on the air. All right. I was just going to say uh, I really appreciate uh, the the last couple of minutes. It's really been a good conversation. But uh, you know, I'm I'm approaching it with tempered optimism. I don't think that Tannehill pulled Excalibur out of the stone yesterday. Um, <laughs> But I do think there were a lot of positives. But uh, I do wonder what the narrative with the, the Titans fans in general would be like today if we had actually lost that game, which, uh, you know, to use a poker analogy, we kind of hit a, a one-outer on the river there. Yeah, I, the fans would have wanted to fire Vrabel. Thank you for your call, Eric. I'm convinced of it. I am convinced if the Titans had lost, the thing, we would have had fun. I'm done with Vrabel. He's a bum. He should have challenged. He should have punted. He stinks. He, I guarantee you, it would have been four hours of that. And I maybe would have joined in on a little bit of that at some level or another. Yeah. You guys have been doing it alone. Because <laughs> I'd have been out of here. <laughs> I mean. I'm not listening to four hours of wrong. I mean, I'm not doing that. You think everything Vrabel does is great. I'm not. The, I mean, it doesn't. That's very, very. That is has nothing to do with Vrabel. Has nothing to do with Vrabel. It doesn't. It's you have to be smart enough to understand what things you can challenge and what things you can. Your Bill, Bill, last week they were asking him about the pass interference and challenging. And he goes, "Why challenge? They're never going to overturn it." He goes, that's a wasted flag. But you hear people all the time complain about, why didn't you challenge on that? Because they're not going to turn it over. They're not going to overturn it. And it's the same thing on this. I mean, it's that that would be no nobody I know. I shouldn't say that. I'm sure there are some. But the guys that I respect, nobody would have thrown a challenge flag on that. Well, I mean, like Bill O'Brien two weeks ago at Kansas City did something incredibly stupid on fourth down. But it worked, so nobody really talked about it much. I like passed him a forty-yard field goal to win the game to go for it on fourth and three, like so stupid, and it worked. So nobody said anything, and I I just feel like that is somewhat the way in the NFL. And then there's some of it that makes me wonder if Vrabel knows how to coach. And I am in between, but every game there's at least something Vrabel does that you always have to defend the next day. And I promise you, Vrabel ain't right twenty I don't, times these, out of twenty. These so things are are not are are easy to defend. I mean, these aren't even a challenge. Going for two against the Chargers last year in London? No, oh. not, we're not talking about last year. Chris is up next on Ryan Tannehill. Go ahead, Chris. Gentlemen, my friends, how y'all doing? Titans of truth. Yes, indeed. Got another show coming. But just, In all seriousness, just, I've never watched one. I need to watch one. 
you should. I, I would really like you should. I would love to have you on because I think we'd have some fun with that. GM, I hope you're doing great. I do agree with you on one thing that a lot of the challenges would not have been overturned. However, I am with Jared with the fact if you really look at that replay real close, that ball was past the first down marker. Braver should have at least tried, even if it wasn't going to get overturned, which I do understand where you're coming from, Mr. GM. I do understand what you're saying. On Tannehill, and really not to knock on Marcus, a lot of the passes that Tannehill was making, it's not necessarily that Marcus can't make those throws. He normally would not have made those throws. Tannehill was a risk taker, and, I mean, he made, the other, he made the receivers look good. He doesn't solve the sack problem completely because there were still some issues, but maybe it lessens it. And one last point, uh, I want to shout out the defense. Even though, yeah, Phillip Rivers, he did his thing, Big Jeff is definitely worth the pick. Because I remember on draft night, I was banging the table for Montez Sweat. Now I'm actually kind of glad I was wrong. They picked Jeffrey Simmons. Big Jeff 98 did his thing. Became Darrell Casey's new best friend. So, Chris, let me stop you right there. Thank you for your call. I thought about this the other day when I watched the Old Spice commercials with Montez Sweat. Has he done anything in the league? <laughs> when they watched the what? So, like, Montez Sweat is now the pitch man for Old Spice deodorant or whatever. Probably because his last name is Sweat. And the whole deal is that it's like Sweat Defense with Montez Sweat. So, anywho, these commercials just popped up out of nowhere on my TV all weekend. And I'm like, because I was with Chris. I was banging the table. I remember the draft. All three of us, me, you, and Derek, we all wanted Montez Sweat at 19. And they took Simmons instead of Sweat. And it was, and I was thinking when I saw the sweat commercial, I'm like, has he done anything? Now, Washington is horrible, and I have not watched one of their games outside of five minutes of that Monday night game against the Bears. But Washington's terrible, but has he done anything that would, you know, worth all the combine hoopla and everything else that... So, oh, I, don't, I, haven't, I haven't paid any attention either. So I, mean, I, 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 I haven't I don't seen know. much Washington. But I watched Simmons yesterday, and I was like, he's a man. One and a half sacks. So Simmons has missed the first uh, six weeks of the season and has half a sack less than Montez Sweat. Back to your phones next. 615-737-1025. Plus, is Vrabel a liability coaching? We'll get into that next. Jared and the GM. It's ESPN 1025, the game. Chargers have no timeouts remaining. I would have Tannehill take this. Just needs a couple of inches. First down here, and Tennessee would be able to take the clock down to about a minute 10 if they didn't get another first down on this drive. That's how important this is. The other part of this, if it's a quarterback sneak, you have Henry behind you pushing you. We've seen that so often as of late in the NFL. On fourth down for Tennessee. Tannehill, there's the push. Did he get enough? Here's the measurement. Oh, they lost yardage. Chargers take over. They stop the Titans on fourth and inches. I could not believe Rabel did not challenge, and neither could Dan Fouts. Dan Fouts and Titans fans all across America could not believe that Mike Rabel didn't challenge. This is what Dan Fouts said on the CBS broadcast. 
Uh, they have to challenge this. So as you predicted, Henry behind him was trying to push Tannehill, and then two Charger defenders came flying in to push him backwards. Mike Vrabel was just watching it on the big screen here at Nissan Stadium. Was it enough there, that initial well, remember, jolt? The, the yellow line's unofficial, but he clearly was beyond it. And I don't know why Vrabel's not challenging it. So Dan Fouts, Hall of Famer, can't believe that Mike Vrabel didn't challenge it. The fans couldn't believe that Vrabel didn't challenge it. But Floyd thinks great decision Vrabel to not challenge. Now this is what Vrabel said today when he brought up uh, the decision to not challenge. As far as challenging the spot, I, I, I talk to Al as much as Al can, can really stand talking to me because I need to know what exactly he's thinking and Russell York in New York when they go through a challenge process. Because it's not how we see it. It's not how I see it. It's how they see it. And I'll tell you that if they can't see the football on the, on the spots, they're, they're next impossible to get. And so the spot challenges that we've seen, the few that have been reversed, just like with Dalvin Cook a few weeks ago, he was kind of in the open field. There was one tackler on him. He reaches the ball, and then his knee goes down. You can clearly see the ball. You can clearly see the knee. When you have 20 people in there uh, on a sneak and you can't see the football, that's when Al tells you, if I can't see the football, I, I can't overturn whatever they call it on the field. So that's just, that, that's just what our process is, the communication uh, as we look to challenge plays. Just like we've had conversations about the OPI and DPI and everybody's like, why isn't he challenging them? Right? Like, how's that worked out? They're not picking them up. And you guys, everybody thought about four weeks ago that they were going to pick them up. They're not. So Vrabel lays out his case for not challenging. I got to be honest with you. He makes a very compelling argument, except that he had nothing to lose by challenging the play. Now, the other side of it is this. Can we just go one game where there isn't some kind of decision that Mike Vrabel has to make that 90% of the people out there don't like? And 90% of the people were what? Wrong. I don't agree just with that. Just like you. I don't agree with that. And the sad part is... He had nothing to lose. Here, he is talking to the head of the officials, the guy that is making the decision, and he just told you what he said, right? Which was, if I can't see the ball, I can't overturn it. It is that simple. If I can't see the ball, I can't overturn it. But we're still going to be critical of that. For Why? He had nothing to lose by challenging You're a hater. I am not a hater. I am worried. I do worry about Vrabel's ability to coach. He's a football coach and 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 typical Stillman fashion. This is not me. Anybody that's a football coach at a point in time, they don't win a game, need to be fired. That's I don't think Vrabel needs to be fired. I like Vrabel. You don't like Vrabel? Well, quit saying that. I like Vrabel the guy. You don't like Vrabel at all. You don't even know him. I like Vrabel and the guy. He, oh, okay. I like Vrabel the guy. the 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 amount that I know of that I know him is not as much as you know him. But the guy, the Vrabel, the guy I know, like I'll say that I I really do think Mike Vrabel is truly a great guy. I mean that a hundred percent wholeheartedly. But I do think Don't sometimes listen to that, Mike. 
I, I listen to it. I do. I 100% think Vrabel's a good guy. I just, at times, like he does things on the sidelines, I, I pull my hair out over. This is one of them. Challenge it. You had nothing to lose. Nothing. There was 236 left. There wasn't going to be another play in the next 36 seconds that you were going to throw the challenge flag on that you would be like, oh, darn, can't challenge this now because I challenged the fourth down spot, which they probably would have given me because it was obvious that Rivers or that uh, uh, Tannehill went past the line. And so I was stunned. We're seeing the exact same replay Vrabel saw. Now, I you know, didn't have a headset on, and he did, so he had somebody looking at a better replay than I did talking in his ear. But I'm stunned he didn't challenge it. And so was Dan Fouts. And I'm with Dan, who's in the Hall of Fame, because of stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Let's go back to your phones. Puke. I just want to go one game where Vrabel doesn't make a questionable fourth down decision. And by the way, I stand by. Are you okay? I'm having a little cramp. Do we need to get the trainers out? No. Get the Gatorade? Get the gay. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hey, uh, I'm now standing up. So I'm standing up because he stood up, and now he's, like, stretching his legs out. I'm about to move my arms like a I ref. was laughing. Ta- injury, I was laughing timeout. so hard when timeout. he went through the, the head official saying, if I can't see the ball, I can't overrule it. And agreeing with what I had said prior and the head coach had said, but, of course, you and the fans know a lot more than that group. So, I mean, go for it. Hey, go down the hall. Anyway, I started laughing so much that I got a cramp. Uh, if Pull we the could, hammy, laughing so hard. Her, that's right. If, if we could have the so intern funny. go down the hall, get Ryan, tell Ryan he's needed. Workers' comp. Floyd is questionable to return with a lower body injury. Uh, that would be... Greatly appreciate. You got hurt laughing on the show? Oh, it was so funny because it made you look so silly. But you don't. You, it, you, I'm just telling you what the fans say. It bounces right off of you. I'm just telling you what the fans say. What think. did Dan say? Dan say. <laughs> Dan Fouts. Can I get Dan Fouts again, please? Uh, they have to challenge this. That's a whole of So as you right predicted, there. Henry behind him was trying to push like, Tannehill. And then two Charger defenders came flying in to push him backwards. Mike Grable was just watching it on the big screen here at Nissan Stadium. Was it enough there, that initial well, remember, jolt? The, the yellow line's unofficial, but he clearly was beyond it. And I don't know why Vrabel's not challenging it. He doesn't know why. Can I just Clearly. say, I have never seen somebody have a stroke or a heart attack in real life, and I'm the, worried that that's what's happening to you. Well, if, if I am, it's in my hammy. So <laughs> when, they come, when they come to do something, I'll tell me it's in my hammy. Hey, give Floyd some Gatorade or something. I mean, I sympathize with you. Maybe this is a sign from above that your take on defending Vrabel is so wrong. That he had to get you right in the hand. I, I just told you. I mean, I was laughing so hard at the head official and the head coach agreeing with me. But uh, Dan and Jared say no. And Twitter. Okay. Oh, and Twitter. Don't forget Twitter. Anthony is up next on the fourth down I, challenge and has been waiting patiently. Go ahead, Anthony. Anthony, go. Hey, guys. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yep. Hang on one minute. Hey, okay. Floyd's hurting have, right have, now, so have, you got to get to it. <laughs> I have a I have a question for for Floyd. Yes, sir. Everything everything is uh or, or or both of you. Everything is black and white here. But if Vrabel would have would have would have challenged that, 
and and uh, and and they didn't give him the first down, but changed the spot. Would he have lost his timeout? Oh, yeah, so Ian asked that he question. Lost, he lost, uh, yeah. I, I didn't hear that. Yeah, Anthony, uh, thank you for your call. Ian asked that question during a break that was... Just challenged the spot. Because they moved the ball got back. That the first down. So if they challenged that they didn't lose yardage, but it was still short of the first down, would Vrabel have lost the challenge? Just challenge the spot. Because there's no way Tannehill lost yards on that. Measure line. from there and see what happens. Because, yeah, I don't think he lost yards at all. If you just challenge the spot, see where they replace the ball measure from there and you might not necessarily lose your challenge i don't know the rules on that exactly well if you challenge and you lose the challenge you lose the timeout no 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 no. no. he's saying like if you challenge that not that they got the first down but you challenge that like because they moved the ball back if you challenge instead see there's right there they move it back just challenge challenge that you didn't lose yardage there would you have won the challenge, and possibly would they have re-spotted the ball at the marker? What difference does it make? That you don't lose the timeout if you... No, you again, if you challenge and you lose the challenge for whatever reason... No, 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 but the challenge is not that I got a first down. I'm challenging that I didn't lose yards. You're moving my ball back. No, you can't I'm challenge challenging that. that I didn't lose no, yards. You can, now you're making up stuff to challenge. I, I don't you know. Can't. We don't know that. None no. of us know that. You challenge, you're challenging to see if you got a first down. And everybody in the whole world knows what you're doing. But but I tell the ref, I'm challenging to see if see, I got... Uh, instead of it being fourth and four inches, that is fourth and two inches? Yes. <laughs> What difference does it make? You just lost. You're done. It's, it's the way for them to review it no. and then say no. Instead of fourth and two inches, it should be first down. But instead, if you know, it gives you a third option. I guess no. is the way. Keep, keep trying. Back to the phones next. <laughs> Titans Monday. Hopefully, we'll get Floyd's calf all figured out over here. Working over here with Derek Henry, Jared, the GM. CSPM 1025 The Game. Hey, Preds fans, Smashville Live returns this Wednesday. Smashville Live will be at Drake's in Cool Springs, located at fifty-five or at 553 Cool Springs Boulevard from 7 to 8. Fans can register to win two tickets to an upcoming Preds home game, Smashville Live, brought to you by New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, and Red Spirits and Wine. Jared and the GM, CSPM 1025 The Game. They're playing without Melvin Ingram, no Brandon Meebane, no Justin Jones. Of course, Derwin James has been out all season. Keep your eye on John Smith here, right in the uh, slot with Corey Davis. Eighth play of the drive. Tannehill hooks a pass. Touchdown! He hummed it in there to Corey Davis. And somehow Davis held on. Corey Davis, fifth pick overall in 2017. And a legitimate red zone target at 6'3", 209. That was the Corey Davis touchdown. I got to be honest with you, Floyd, as someone who has been very hard on Davis, I was very impressed with him yesterday. I mean, he looked like a first-round pick yesterday. Now the question is, can Davis follow that up with a good game? And Brown looked great, and that's, again, the they looked, the receivers looked good. How are we feeling, Floyd? About the receivers? No, I was talking about your... Uh, you're oh, my hamstring hammy? No, cramp. I'm good. You're I got, good? I got stretched out. Got some fluids? Out. Got it stretched out. Uh, okay, I'm good. good to go. Good. Right to your phones as promised. Well, first I'll say this. My buddy Mikey's texted me, and he said- uh, Mikey? Yeah, he said- How if, old's Mikey? My buddy Michael texted me. There we go. And uh, 
And uh, my six-year-old buddy texts me, Mikey. What? Are you you want to hear? Me? You want to hear what he said? Not really. He said, if Brable loses the timeout and the Chargers score quickly, you need that extra timeout. Stop trying to be right and listen to Floyd. Vrabel made the right call. You would argue the other way if it went wrong, and the Chargers had just previously scored quickly with Eckler, so you possibly have to imagine that they could score quickly again. I, I'm not saying— Good call, Michael. I'm saying— Good call. <laughs> I'm saying that they should have punted the ball, and they should have put the ball, because Kern's going to put that ball at the six. And at that point, the Chargers, in my opinion, can't win the game. They can only tie it. You're going to say whatever Vrabel didn't do. That's not true. You're going to say we should have challenged when he didn't. Then you're going to say we should have punted when he didn't. Whatever you, whatever he does, you're going to. That's the way you've been on all these. And that's true. And I understand it. I was totally cool with the one against the Falcons. One. That's one. Which may have actually been the worst one of all of them, but and, I was okay with that. <laughs> Now, the other stuff, I got a little bit of a problem with on that. Let's go right to your phones, as promised, DeWan. I bet they never thought about that. On the wide receiver group. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, DeWan. I thank you, Old City of Nashville. A big apology, man. I, I've been listening to the show for years, and every time the Titans lose, or should I say every time Mariota loses, you know, the first thing come out your mouth is if the wide receivers will catch the ball, if the offensive line will block, then the next thing, the Dan Marino. But obviously, we didn't have a wide receiver change. We didn't have a play call change. We didn't have a new offensive alignment in the group. But for some strange reason, the wide receivers caught the ball. So I think the offensive line has nothing to do with receivers catching the ball, has nothing to do with accuracy, it has everything to do with Marcus Mariota. Uh, Dewan, I said it. Thank you for your call. I said earlier this hour, I said today on the show, I said it's hard to watch that game and not think Marcus was the problem. Even as an ardent Mariotto supporter and believer, which I am, it is hard to watch yesterday and see how well every receiver played and how well that line played and not say Marcus is the problem. Now, I can't bring myself to say Marcus is the problem, but it's hard for me to not understand why everybody else thinks Marcus is the problem. I, I, you, I mean, Tannehill did everything we said. Hey, they'll make the change, and Tannehill can make all these things better. And if for at least one game, he did. So, no, I'm not apologizing to the city of Nashville. And I do not owe the city of Nashville an apology. If anything, the city of Nashville owes me uh, a thank you for our dedication to our listeners. <laughs> We're on drugs today. John is on Mike Vrabel. Thank you for calling. What's up, John? Hey, Floyd. How's your uh, hammy? Good. We're good to go. Good. Good. That's what I want to hear, brother. Hey, um, uh, Jared, listen. Vrabel, um, (laughs) the head coach, Vrabel, he's he's a a good coach. You're saying if he – you're basically saying if he doesn't – he he should have he should have tried to see if that was a first down. That even it was so close. There's no way they're going to give it to him. He knows who they have on the other sideline. They have the Titan Killer over there, Rivers. Okay, you put the ball in Rivers' hands. He's going to score. Oh my so God! Just, I'm so tired of this. 
I'm so tired of the praise for Philip Rivers, the constant, oh my God, what if Philip Rivers gets the football in his hands? He's the greatest quarterback who ever lived because we had to deal with all of that last year at London of the didn't want to give Rivers another shot and then today don't want to give Rivers another shot. Rivers, Rivers, Rivers. Rivers is a really good NFL quarterback, but he's not the greatest quarterback who ever lived. He is a good quarterback, but I don't want to put the ball in Mahomes' hands. I don't want to put it in Brady's hands. I don't want to put it in Breeze's hands. I'll be honest, I don't want to put it in Deshaun Watson's hands because they're all good. Guess what? That's the league. Almost every quarterback is good. You don't want to put it in their hands. Rivers is no different than any other quarterback who is a decent quarterback who is experienced. So this idea of crying and wetting the bed over Phillip Rivers maybe making a play. Phillip Rivers has played for a thousand years and has not won anything. I'm sorry. I am not going to cry you know and worry about Phillip Rivers. You know we are nine and one against Rivers. One and, one nine. and nine. Two and nine now. Against Rivers before yesterday. We'd won one of the last ten. And you know who quarterback that game? One of the last, I don't even know how many years it would be. Cause you, I, Do you I know, know who quarterback that game that beat him? The great Phillip Rivers? No. Jake Locker. So well, that, that's how far back it goes. Oh, it goes, since I mean, we it goes back to Steve McNair, yeah, I So, think. I mean, we don't, I mean, I could see why people would be paranoid. Chris is up next. Thank you for calling. What's up, Chris? <laughs> yes, uh. Floyd, I was just wondering uh, about John Robertson um, and uh, Mike Brabel. Uh, just um, do they think on the same page? And like, did you and Jeff Fisher think on the same page, or did you and uh, Jeff Fisher have your uh, like uh, differences? Because I think Mike, uh, that's one thing in the organization that Mike Brabel should have hired somebody that thought a little bit different as a head coach. Because you saw that in Mike Malarkey, and you got. Some good play through Mike Malarkey, but it was a great one yesterday, and that's yes, I'll hang up and listen. Thank you, Chris. You know, I I mean, according to Vrabel, I've heard I've heard them both say that they they meet once at least once a day. So I mean, they are in constant conversation about you know who are we going to deactivate, who are we going to activate, who needs to practice, who doesn't need to practice. Um, you know, all the different things that you go through. And, and yeah, Jeff and I were on the same page. I mean, you know, you meet all the time discussing, you know, today, let's just say. Um, you don't have any other job to worry about. Like. Yeah, you're worried about Delaney Walker. You know, do we think Delaney's going to be okay this week? Uh, you're worried about, uh, you know, whomever. I mean, it's it, anybody on the. On the roster, how did uh, how did Simmons do after the game? Did his knee swell up? Is it really sore? Is it? And all of those things influence what your decisions will be later on. Yeah, I mean, again, like you don't have any other team to worry about. You don't have any other job to worry. It's not like David Poyle who could be like, "Hey, I got to go to Slovenia right now and go watch these seventeen, these thirteen-year-olds to go see if we're going to draft them next year." I mean, it's not. That way in the NFL, in the NFL, it's like you got one job, it's to win on Sundays, and that's everybody's job. Uh, let's let's go to Kyle. Go ahead, Kyle. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Hey, quick question. I was listening to the morning show on the way in, and God, I'm glad they got the win, but Derek Mason brought up the possibility of just, when he saw Delaney on the sideline, uh, he tossed out the idea of potentially looking for trades for him, and then, it almost makes you feel dirty because he's done so much for the team. But I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on that and 
is that a real possibility? And I guess between D. Mace and uh, Floyd, you guys have like 60 years of experience in the NFL. I just wanted to kind of hear what you thought. Thanks, Kyle. By the way, what somebody has done for your franchise is not a reason to keep them a part of your franchise. Not that that's a knock on Delaney, but I just use that as a general principle. They, um, you know, I, I'm not sure how much value Delaney would have throughout the league. Now, he's, he, he, and my point being that he's got much, much more value with the Titans than maybe he does for the Chicago Bears. That's maybe a bad example. I'm just throwing out another another team. Um, so I don't know. You know, it would depend on on what they could get for him. 615-737-1025. We'll get back to the phones. But first, Floyd's three things, three things he liked from yesterday's game against the tight uh, against the chargers and three things he did not like that's coming up next plus now is your chance to win a pair of nashville sc playoff tickets that's right be caller three at 615-737-1025 you'll win a pair of tickets to see the nashville sc at first tennessee park for the first round of the usl playoffs this saturday you'll have another chance to win tomorrow morning with morning drive tickets are now available nashvillesc.com it's Jared and the GM. Let me tell you about T.J. Anderson Homes. That's right. I was actually with T.J. today. We were talking about the housing market, homes, so on and so forth. There is not a more knowledgeable person that I have met than T.J. Anderson when it comes to this market. And when you deal with T.J. Anderson Homes, you're not dealing with a conglomerate of 900 people who work for T.J. You're dealing with T.J. And that's what I love about T.J. Anderson Homes. Again, T.J. Anderson, part of Benchmark Realty, he knows the spots in town that are blowing up. He knows the spots in town where, hey, you need to get in now. Or, hey, maybe if you move in there, it'll be a nice home, but we're not sure what the long-term growth is going to be. He knows all of these things. That's why you got to get with him. And if you're looking to sell, you got to list with T.J. Why? Because he's got... Thousands of people going to tjandersonhomes.com every single day. So make sure that your home is seen by those thousands. It's simple. TJ Anderson Homes, part of Benchmark Realty, online at tjandersonhomes.com. He is my friend. He is an expert, and he will take great care of you. That is TJ Anderson with TJ Anderson Homes. Jaren the GM, Titans Monday. It's ESPN 1025, the game.